0: Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and today we are creating Problem Solvers in the Box. This will be part one of a two-part series, and today's episode will be over timing and how to train it. We've all had players who rake and practice, but have trouble putting it together in games. They have a great swing, they're coachable, and they have all the physical attributes we're looking for in a player, but they can't hit. It's this way from little league to the big leagues. So what exactly is the problem? I wish there were an easy answer, but there are probably a multitude. It could be anything from perception, eyesight, decision-making, timing, adjustability, or all of the above. This is where coaching is tough, because it could be any or all of the above. We as coaches also have to keep in mind how hard it is to hit. In a matter of a 10th of a second, they have to observe visual information, evaluate their options, make a movement decision, and then react physically. Therefore, the greatest ability of any hitter is being on time and being able to adapt consistently. Here is part one, creating problem solvers in the box, timing, and how to train it. So, now that we've established the what, where do we start? Well, it depends on the time of year we get to work with them. If we get to work with our players several months before the competitive season, we can spend more time on mechanics. And if we don't, then timing, adjustability, and enhancing their decision-making ability all have to be at the forefront of our training. There is still an opportunity to develop in season, but when you are playing every day, it's really hard to make substantial mechanical changes. There are a few examples of professional hitters who have been able to do this, and it's truly remarkable. Imagine how hard it would be to try and hit 95 plus Now imagine how hard it would be to try and hit 95 plus when you don't feel comfortable in the box. So, in an effort to be able to train swing mechanics and the ability to hit, this is how we're breaking down our off-season. Block one, which I've written about already, is solely based on swing mechanics. It's the first six weeks of our season, and it runs from August 26th to September 30th. Then block two, we will be blending mechanics and timing which will be our second six weeks of the off season, running till November 4th. And then block three, it's time to get game ready. So timing, adjustability, mentality, and competition. I've written about what we have done with block one, and I will write one over blocks two and three shortly, but we all understand that training an adjustable swing will help with timing, but let's talk specifically on how we can create better problem solvers in the box. In-game transfer. One of the biggest things I've tried to do this off season is find things that transfer to the game. With such a limited amount of time, we don't have time to spend on things that won't help them perform better in games. A big realization for me this year has been to try and couple perception and action, not just perception or action. There are times in practice where we do one without the other. We do stand in bullpens, perception with no swing. You will always have a few limitations in practice and this may be the best option for you at the time and it will be the same for us. But as often as we can, let's try and use perception, which is again the ability to see and time and space, with action, our body's movement, and swing. One of the best ways that we can couple perception and action most closely to the game is to make it game-like. We hear this all the time, but what are some examples and how can we use them in practice? The closest we can get to the game environment is scrimmaging, but for a variety of reasons, time, space, weather and reps, we won't be able to do this very often. So here are some different ways we can challenge our players in practice. Picking up release windows. Start by asking them what they look for when the pitcher is about to release the ball and progress from there. Some won't have an answer at all. So just prepare yourself to give them a few cues to look for. I actually reached out to a couple of pro guys who follow the podcast and here's what they said. When I'm looking at the guy throwing warmups or even during the inning, I'm looking to see where the ball is coming out from. And then when I'm in the box, I'll be kind of soft focused, almost zoned out on that until he starts moving. And then I'm locked in on just that spot. For me, on time means earlier than I think. Personally, I can kind of hang and make adjustments if I'm early, but if I'm late, it's never good. When the pitcher's arm starts coming back behind him in the throwing motion, I'm moving. Kind of think of it as his leg coming down too. That's my default spot. Because when everything's going well, I'm not thinking about when to start just locked in on wherever his release point is and my eyes telling me it's time to move. Our second pro participant said that the picking up release points and soft focus hard focus is something I'm going to try and work on this off season. It's something that I'm not real conscious of exactly what I'm doing. This is something that I want to figure out a little more for myself. I used a toe tap this year and I'm not sure if that's something that I want to continue doing for timing purposes but I do want to be into my backside and getting ready to move forward by release point. And our final one said, I try and start on handbrake if not earlier, because too early is better than late, because if you're late, you have no chance. I usually look to the right or to the left, depending which hand they are, of the pitcher's head, and I would say that's a pretty good spot to pick up release point. So besides those three, which I wanna thank those guys for writing in because I think it gives us a unique perspective, Here's a few ideas that I'd suggest to the players if they're having trouble. Soft focus on the pitcher's cap and then find the ball up, or you can use the pitcher's armpit, which is close to where they'll be releasing the ball. So now that we've discussed release windows, let's talk about timing. For our first exercise, ask them when they get started. This is really revealing and a surprising exercise because there will be guys who have a great idea and some that have no idea. Most coaches will agree that we need to start slow and early but that means and feels different for each player. If a player back shifts or toe taps like Tulo with the Rockies, they'll have to start quite a bit earlier than someone who just has a forward move like Cody Bellinger. Start by helping them find their optimal timing point and we can work from there. A drill that I like to help with this, it's called dry work, go on ball up. This is one that's great when you have a lack of space, but it's also something that isn't sexy at all. Have a player work on his dry work pitching mechanics and have the hitter practice going on his cue. In this instance, seeing the ball up right before release. Once they do that, have them start to pick up their release point, and if you are feeling dangerous, have them mix in some Marcus Stroman pauses. Another drill we like to use is using a verbal with flips and the machine. This is another one that I picked up from Doug Latta. A lot of our players go too late on flips and get away with it. Right before you flip, tell the player to go. So it cleans up a lot of extra movement and allows them to feel proper timing. We do the same thing with machines. We say go right before you drop the ball in the feeder. It is especially good when you're working on sliders because they can't sit slider when they have to go on fastball timing. We know the players that hit really well in practice on off-speed pitches, but then they have trouble adjusting in a game. So by doing this, they have to adjust their body and timing just like they would in a game. I also think it's really important for them to hear the audible voice in their head. The more we do it in practice, the more they will start to do it on their own, and therefore make it their own. The next drill we are going to discuss is having them start off time to actually feel what it feels like to be on time. So having the players feel way off time can sometimes help them hone in on the feeling of being on time. Let me give you an example. Rounds would look like this. Round one, go when it's about to hit the catcher's mitt, which would be way too late. Round two, go when the pitcher's front foot lands, probably way too early for most. In round three, go on pitch release and see if you are closer or further to being on time. And then we can start adjusting as needed and again, making it their own. This helps them to understand the concept of timing by helping the player to understand how their body is moving in space, but also what super early and super late feels like. This is also a great practice because we can turn it into an on-deck feel. Let me give you a familiar situation. Coach to player. How are you seeing it? Player, great coach. I'm about to take this guy, yeah, yeah. Coach, getting your body on time? Player, oh yeah, I'm all over this guy. Flash forward to the first pitch of the AB. Player gets a fastball down the middle of the plate, rolls over to the shortstop. He is so late that the catcher tells him to pick up his thumbs on the way back to the dugout. We've been there as a player and we've seen it many times as a coach. The hitter wasn't on time, and there will always be times that this will happen, but training it and practice is paramount if we want them to get better at it. It's also one reason we require everyone in the lineup to be using the pitcher's warm-up pitches between innings or a new pitcher to make sure each hitter is getting their body on time and their eyes picking up the release window. For the next drill, we call this one swing throughs. If we are training off of a machine, what's the first thing that the players say? Let me see one. Okay, cool. So we've been using the first round as sort of a let's see if you're on time round by swinging through each pitch we see and trying not to make contact. Bear with me, I'll tell you why. We want them to feel if they're on time and staying through the baseball with actually swinging a bat. This will help them relax and see the ball and get on time. The first thing most do when they see stressful velocity is try harder. Instead of relaxing and letting the game come to them by moving on time and seeing the baseball included in the article is an example of what I mean, but trust me, it's good. The final drill we are going to talk about today, we have all been familiar with, stand-in bullpens. A great first step to test timing and picking up release windows is getting a game-like look from the batter's box against a live pitcher. We all have used the stand-in bullpens in one way or another, but making it a priority and objective with it will be key for amateur kids to actually buy in. We can also make it a game for pitch recognition, with the player telling the catcher as soon as possible, yes or no. I like to stick with the same verbiage as much as I can because I want these words to be stuck in their head every time they're hitting. Yes, 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 or yes, yes, no, shut it down. I've mentioned several times that we want to try and couple perception and action as often as we can, so we will be trying swings with the same model this off season. If we can't get into the cage and have live ABs, I'd love to be able to afford them the opportunity to practice timing and pitch recognition with the swing, even if it means they won't be hitting a ball. We will be experimenting with bat handles, short PVC pipe, and interlocked hands. I'll let you know on a later date what the kids like best, or if you have any ideas, feel free to shoot them my way. There are so many different options on how each player gets on time. It may be the hardest aspect of hitting to teach. A lot of it will come with experience, but if we can cut down the learning curve by training it in practice, and making them more aware of how they're moving in space, they will only get better faster. Have a great week, thanks for listening. Coaches, your players aren't afraid to work hard. They just can't afford to get it wrong. And that is why you should attend the 2019 Skill Acquisition Summit hosted by Randy Sullivan's Florida Baseball Ranch and the Strength of Skills from the Netherlands. This annual event will take place on October 12th and the 13th in Lakeland, Florida. This event will have a premier panel of presenters, including Franz Bosch from the Netherlands and Rob Gray from Arizona State University. The most forward-thinking coaches in the business will funnel the information down to the bare bones of on-the-field application of leading-edge skill acquisition and motor learning science. You will leave equipped to help your players optimize the return on their training time. For more information, call 1-866-STRIKE-3 or go to floridabaseballranch.com backslash summit. Presenters include Franz Bosch, Rob Gray, Martine Nyhoff, Bart Honogrof, David Mann, Paul Venner, Ron Woolforth, and Coach Randy Sullivan, who will serve as host and moderator for this exciting event. I will be in attendance and I hope to see you there.